What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed and the broken hearted. I'm John. I'm Kim. And you've made it. You've survived Valentine's Day season. And as a reward, we're giving you two more romantic movies. <laughs> That's the plan. We're talking about two rom-zoms, some zombie romance coming at you for the next two weeks here on the podcast. And we're kicking it off with 2013's Warm Bodies. What a fun subgenre. Honestly, like I was looking into it to do a potential article for the website. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just zombie romance. There's a lot. Oh, I know. And we got Lisa Frankenstein. Come, well, I guess by the time this episode comes out, it will already be in the theater. But technically, my boyfriend's back. Yeah. Uh, Life after Beth. Uh huh. There's there's a lot of oh, my significant other or my love interest who I'm not dating yet has died, and oopsie do, they are reanimated. They're falling apart and smelly, but I think I might be having a crush on them. Do you put Bride of Frankenstein in that category? No. Yeah, neither do I. So and I, I mentioned that Lisa Frankenstein is out. Like, I don't, I, I never think of Frankenstein as a zombie movie. The same way that I never think of mm, the story of Jesus Christ as a zombie story. Also, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, as much as like we, we kind of like celebrate the two of them as uh, an institution of monster horror. Yeah. Bride's not really into it. <laughs> no, she really, Bride, really, really. Bride isn't. of Frankenstein is not a love story. <laughs> not a, not a rom, not at all. <laughs> not a rom at all. <laughs> Side note, though, if you haven't seen Life After Beth, it's great. I think you should check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that list. Uh, so if you are in the future listening to this, it's on the website. So Warm Bodies, uh, had you seen it? No. Yeah, I thought I, that I had. I thought so too. <laughs> and we got maybe fifteen minutes into the movie. I was like, "Oh no!" I just watched the trailer. Yeah, like, you're just like, mm, "I think I, I think I got it." We were hit over the head with the trailer when it came out. I think we were just outside of the demographic as well. This is very teen romance. Yeah, and it's based on a novel, which is cool, which is great. And if you weren't obsessed with The Walking Dead when uh, The Walking Dead was in its heyday, which we weren't, then this was really not exactly. You're like, I need less zombies right now. I need I need less of this in my life. 
Yeah, because I think we went down the um, like zombie survival guide route. We read World War Z, and oh, then yeah. we we watched it, and then it was kind of not the greatest. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the end of a branch of zombie isms for us for a while. And this just kind of slipped through the cracks. I think we were just a little too old for it when I it came so out too. in 2013. Yeah. Which, mistakes. I think this was a really good movie. It's fucking sweet. Um, maybe, on the other hand, though, maybe if we had seen it back in 2013, we wouldn't have liked it. We are just like, no, I don't, this is bullshit. You know, like, we just, this is too sweet. I'm <laughs> too <laughs> cool for this love story. <laughs> right. It is. It is way more romance than it is horror. Yeah. Despite the fact that you're following, the protagonist of this movie is a rotting corpse. It's wonderful. What a sweet little detour from the stuff that we normally watch and cover on the podcast. Like, I don't think we've ever covered something so um, sweet toothy before. (laughs) No, probably not. I mean, maybe something like The Shape of Water would have been the closest. You know, the next week's episode, Return of the Living Dead Part 3, not going to bury the lead on that one, is going to be a funky little exercise, too, because it's kind of a bit of both of those things. Like, kind of a bit of a movie we don't normally cover, but also... Straight direct to video horror movie yeah. from the 90s. You're gonna love it. <laughs> All right, so I feel like we've probably already mentioned a couple of them already, but what are our three good things about warm bodies? Maybe for anybody out there like us who was just like, I don't need any of this dumb young adult romance in my life. Yeah, so number one, I'm gonna go with zombie POV. Something that you don't normally get a zombie with an interior monologue. Like the exterior of the zombie is everything you expect a zombie to be, you know, shuffling, grunting, <laughs> shrugging. Yeah, but inside he's so articulate and he's got so many emotions and feelings, he just can't convey them. He's like a regular teenage boy. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's so weird to see Nicholas Holt in this role now because even watching Renfield, you knew how similar it was to his Warm Bodies character. Yes. What an odd type, like an oddly specific typecasting, like a uh, first person narration of an undead person. <laughs> of an unlikely uh, protagonist. Well, I was going to say like romance, but like Renfield is more of a destructive, abusive relationship than an actual romance. He kind of finds love. He learns to love himself. But he really excels in this um, monster narrator role. He's got plenty of movies where he's narrating. I think he even narrates in uh, Kill All Your Friends, which is a movie about like the music industry in the late 90s. Anyway, good thing number two, zombie Rob Corddry. I'm going to leave it at that. Rob Con- uh, Rob Corddry, comedic genius, like not not the kind of not not exactly a stand up comedian, maybe not even necessarily a household name. But if you've seen Hell Baby, like the sort of like I fucking love Hell Baby. Hell Baby's the best. He's the father in Hell Baby. He is just a comedic force every time and he, he shows doesn't up get to anything. talk until la- way late in the movie but yeah. he, he is a wonderful comedic element <laughs> yeah when he only says maybe one word at a time he's probably got five words of dialogue in the first 80 minutes of this movie and every single one of them is a bang <laughs> even just like facial reactions are hilarious i just love that they're best friends and they know that they're best friends yeah. but they have no justification for it they just see each other and sit next to each other i'm a bombarding here and just steal good thing number three i think this movie has a fun twist on the zombie mythos i guess um they make eating brains super interesting in this movie it's almost like doing heroin (laughs) like in you know the return of the living dead they like i was gonna say i was gonna bring that up because this is very akin to that in that returning the living dead you know they established that brains are the primary cut of meat for Uh zombies yeah 
but they do it because they want to feel alive. Well, it's the only thing that stops them from feeling dead for a minute. And they expound on that a bit here because when you eat a person's brains, you're seeing their memories. Like, you're living your life. You forget for, like, a split second that you're dead, which which is used for the zombie main character, R, to learn about his love interest because he eats her boyfriend's brains. I love brains. that. <laughs> uh, How but, fucking dark. But what a great little twist in general just like every zombie kills a person and eats their brains and relives all of their memories like they get to experience life again for just like flashes of a second genius touch love that detail yes so unique to this movie and I'm surprised it hasn't been done before now because it adds another layer I guess we're we ne- we're never in the zombie shoes we're never in the zombie perspective that's probably it they're just walking shuffling antagonists but It's good. This was a surprising watch and also, I think, a great addition to the Romzom canon. (laughs) Of which Kim has told me there are quite a lot. What am I doing with my life? I just want to connect. Why can't I connect with people? Oh, right. It's because I'm dead. I wish I could introduce myself, but I don't remember my name. I think it started with an R. That's all I have left. It's kind of a bummer. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. I mean, we're all dead. This is my best friend. We even have almost conversations sometimes. They call these guys bonies. They'll eat anything with a heartbeat. I mean, I will too, but... At least I'm conflicted about it. Nice watch. and he's learning to be human again. Oh my god, is that him? Yeah. Seth. He started something here. Whatever it is that you two have, it's infecting the others. Dad, they're somehow curing themselves. They are not curing themselves. everything. We're seeing corpses fighting skeletons, sir. How do we shoot? Shoot this! Hi. Huh? How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20-something, but you could also be a teenager. You know, you have one of those faces. Warm Bodies is currently sitting at a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 81% on Rotten Tomatoes because it's probably one of three horror movies that critics watched in 2013 and a 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. 
Kim had a fun realization in the middle of this movie. Oh, we both did. Don't even lie. I don't. Th- uh, no, I think this was mostly a you thing. I'm going to give you full credit on this one. I think this was a genius move on your part. Okay, so we made it all the way to the balcony sequence. <laughs> yeah. You know, the sequence when I realized, oh, it's a Romeo, Romeo and Juliet scene. I can't believe they're going like so hard into it. And then I realized that our lead characters were named Julie and R. What's your, what's your guess on what his real name is? At the end of the movie, he decides he doesn't want it because he can't remember his name. All he knows is that it started with an R. They throw around some random names to try and figure out. I feel if like she sticks. did all the R names, and he didn't say yes to any of them. Nah, she went with like the standard ones. There's she, like four R names. She didn't even say Ryan. Well, maybe it's Ryan. His name had to be Roman. Well, probably. If we're if we're really gonna go off the Romeo and Juliet of it all, had to be Roman. And yeah, we got to the fucking balcony sequence. It's like, oh shit! Instead of the Montagues and the Capulets, it's the corpses and the living. Yeah, like I, I, I always just kind of assumed that we were, you know, it's naturally a Romeo and Juliet thing, but. I didn't know it was specifically a Romeo and Juliet thing. I think it's just because so ma- so many romance movies are like, ooh, they're not allowed to love each other. We're like, from that's another just, world. That's exactly it. That's just every romance. And like, who's to say if that's directly from Romeo and Juliet or if that's just the one that we always well, pull Well, and from. also, stories need conflict. And so even in yeah. a love story, you gotta you have to have something pulling it, uh-huh. uh, pulling the two characters apart. And why not make it their shitty family? But the best part about it is that like, as soon as you said that, we, I, we just started picking this movie apart. Like, even his best bud, Rob Corddry. That blew my mind. His, name's, his name in the movie is Marcus. So he's not exactly a Mercutio type character, but like 100% that's what they're pulling from. Like, he doesn't die. He's already dead. He kind of saves the day, to be perfectly honest. My only question for you, mm-hmm. what does that make the bonies? Because there is a sort of hierarchy of zombies in the movie. We've got Hitler. It's just a hierarchy of living. We've got humans, we've got zombies, and we've got these skeletons. Don't they just call them corpses? I don't know if they say zombies. No, the humans say corpses. That's all. Like, nobody necessarily uses the word zombie. It seems like uh, Nicholas Holt is maybe the only person that kind of does. But the bonies, as the zombies refer to them. They're fun. Yeah, they're kind of like zombies that have given up on life and have just sort of devolved into something more And they're like giant charcoal skeletons. Yeah, they look somehow, like they're burned more than and, the yeah. And somehow they get taller. They're much bigger than humans. They're <laughs> yeah, made of true. humans, but like it's like they lengthen a bit. <laughs> they're they're scarier when they're taller, yeah. What do you where, where do you think they fall in all this? Like if they had to be anybody from the Romeo and Juliet story, who do you think they are? The sands of time? The sands of time. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a gang of Tibbles running around. <laughs> the poison. I, I don't know who. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like what else? Who else? The who fucking else? Would there be isn't me? a third antagonist, John. <laughs> They're the stars. Ah, uh, and our and our and instead of Fair Verona, it takes place in the Montreal airport. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't know if it was in the movie, but that's where they shot it. Yeah, mm. it was like shot in and around Montreal. We were really pegging it for Hamilton. We're like, this has got to be Hamilton. Yeah, just how the overpass goes near the industrial area. I was like, this just screams <laughs> Hamilton. I mean, it still might be some of it. 
But yeah, the the crazy thing about the beginning of this movie is that we, you know, we've got a whole bunch of fun voiceover from Nicholas Holt as R the zombie. He's sort of just explaining like, oh boy, I got really bad posture. Oh, so great when I wasn't dead. And we're just watching him shuffle around, bump into other people. He's sort of like talking about how the zombie thing works. And he's got an apartment. He does have an apartment. That's he... the weirdest thing about this whole movie to me. <laughs> yeah, he lives in an old airplane. He lives in an old airplane. He collects vinyl, and he's 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 got a he's he's got Corona beers on the on, like chilled and ready for company. Those must have already been there. Like they just must not. Nobody must have looted that plane. I'm not believing that he stalked yeah. the minibar. <laughs> it's it's a world where the zombies aren't fully ravenous monsters that have no inner dialogue. Well, they are initially because at the very beginning, Nicholas Holt's character R is like the seed of awakening. Hmm. Because I don't think the other zombie characters have a hangout. I don't think they've been collecting things. I don't think so either. I think you're right. But you don't think they haven't like, um, you don't think they have an inner monologue? I don't know. It might just be like, uh, uh. (laughs) <laughs> so their inside thoughts are the same, the same that they're saying out outside. Yeah, okay. maybe they're trying to form words in there because you really see it when R kind of awakens Marcus by proxy mm-hmm. by just kind of showing him his relationship and his situation. That's when he starts to form words. So I don't know. I think R is really the start of it. Okay, for whatever reason, he's a little more human. He's retained some of his humanity in a way that some of the other zombies haven't. And he falls in love at the first sight of Julia, of Julie. And rather than having her eaten by a group of zombies that he's a part of, he sort of disguises her with his zombie guts so she doesn't smell like a human. Yeah, he definitely stuck his fingers in like a hole in his stomach right yeah we we learn when he gets injured later that like the brown stuff that he's been smearing on her is coming from inside him it's his blood totally like you didn't think that immediately i thought maybe it was feces (laughs) that's how is that better how is that better (laughs) why was why would you go to that immediately i don't know it's just how he conveniently has wet goo on his hands several occasions you think his hands were covered in feces uh no i just i don't know john It's a disgusting world, and I don't like to think about it at all. It's your classic apocalyptic uh, apocalyptic scenario. We've got a group of survivors that are living behind a wall. They're they're locked off. They're protected from these zombies. Julie is, of course, the daughter of the renegade army guy who's running this whole operation. He's the governor of the walled town. He's played by John fucking Malkovich as well. It's great. And so they're on some sort of just like expedition. Okay, so I have to I have to butt in here uh-huh. because there's this app that I use. Okay. <laughs> I brought this up maybe on the podcast a couple times, but there's this app called Run Zombie Run. Oh, yes. And it's this workout app where you can play music, um, like your own music, your own Spotify playlist, but it interrupts with this audio story. Mm-hmm. That you play along to. And it's this story. It's this movie. You're a runner who leaves this. I think this this... is every zombie movie. Okay, (laughs) but you're a runner and you leave this walled off area, like safety, to go collect supplies. Yeah, you got to get antibiotics and medicine and stuff. Yeah, so it was like the game I play. (laughs) 
do you, are you with a group or are you by yourself? You're with a group. Okay. Do, but you do, also do, does have... Does a group die? Uh, I... Sometimes? You know, I'm not great at the game. You ran away from the whole group, <laughs> didn't you? Oh, okay. I see you always die. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> You have like an earpiece in. That's what the game is. Yeah. And it's people at the tower who are spotting you and telling you like where the zombies are and when the zombies are coming and where you have to run to. Mm -hmm. So you're more interacting with the air traffic controller than you are with the other runners, quote unquote. You don't hear them dying like when they get eaten or anything? I don't think so. But you do hear the zombies coming up on you. Like when they say like, oh, there's zombies on your tail. They get louder and you can, the audio mastering, they are fucking behind you. It's awful. That's great. That's what are you talking about? That's incredible. And you have to speed up or they get you. Do they usually get you? (laughs) And they take your shit. Do they? Well, it sounds like they probably take your life. Do they usually catch No, they just take your shit. (laughs) Okay. Zombies are like, these are our needles. (laughs) And sometimes you pick up like trousers. (laughs) (laughs) These are my signals. You know how hard it is to find something that fits in the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) But I was definitely Leo pointing for the first half of this movie. I was like, this is fun. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're out collecting supplies when they get ambushed by a whole bunch of zombies. Most of the group get eaten, including Julie's boyfriend, Perry, played by Dave Franco. And they they do make a point of having R, Nicholas Holt, see, I hate calling him R, uh, seeing Julie before he eats her boyfriend's brains. Like, he is smitten by her immediately. Mm -hmm. It's not just that he's gaining the experience of her boyfriend and having, like, this false... um, Crushy crush? Crushy crush. (laughs) (laughs) Is that uh, it's helping inform... He's understanding who she is and learn more about her through her memories. And like, what's great about that is that he kind of experiences their relationship. On, I mean, because it's a movie. Like, I'm sure it's just flashes of images. You know, like you would probably, you know, have all of their memories downloaded in like quick little snapshots. It's much more cinematic. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, it's linear. So like, he's he keeps some of his brains in his pocket. I love that. Like fucking tater tots. He's well, gonna bring them home <laughs> while he's. Cool. Her, he's got gooey brains in his pockets yeah. of her boyfriend. Well, and because he doesn't sleep at all, the zombies don't dream, they don't sleep, they don't rest. They're always just shuffling around, uh, looking for food. That's my nightmare. <laughs> so, just a heads up: if um, if I get bitten, uh, one, I'm not gonna be one of those people that hides it because. Just don't be that guy. Yeah. Uh, two, shoot me in the fucking head, please. Oh, but you won't be one of those people who shoots themselves in the head? No, you're you going to make me do I'm it? I'm going to make you do it. I'm a coward. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, but not so much of a coward that I won't tell you if I'm bitten. Good. Great. But I, yeah, please shoot me in the fucking head. Uh, shuffling eternally does not sound fun for No, it me. sounds awful. But like while Julie sleeps, he eats her boyfriend's brains. <laughs> There's even a great line. He's like, you know... Eating a girl's boyfriend's brains to learn more about her is maybe not exactly like what I would call the healthiest decision, uh, but but this is the life I live. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. So like he he experiences like their meet cute them. He sort of like sees the beginnings of the apocalypse as well. So one thing I really like here is that they really don't expand on the beginning. We're not seeing through Perry's eyes or through Julie's eyes how this all began. Like, they talk about it together. Like, oh, don't you miss airplanes? And you're like, oh shit, we're already deep into the apocalypse now. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
zombie movies can get bogged down by that. I mean, even the beginning of the movie, he's like, ah, I don't really remember how it happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah, fucking the apocalypse started. You've yeah, seen it a yeah, thousand like, times in movies before. I don't know, maybe there was an outbreak one. monkey or something. <laughs> there was a virus. Who knows? Well, also, they don't have a cure yet because it seems it was eradicated quite quickly. Well, and people were... People have basically given up on the idea of a cure. Like, no, and it's not even worth trying. Well, and if you don't have a cure, then you don't know the source. So they probably have no idea how it began. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my favorite part about that is that he he continues to eat this guy's brains up until the point where he literally sees himself, R, Nicholas Holt, sees himself through Perry's eyes and attacking and killing Perry. I honestly think there's something cut out here because I'm just, just how they shot it and how they framed it. He doesn't eat human anymore after this, does he? He only ever eats uh, Perry's brains. But does he continue to eat Perry's brains after this moment? Is, I yeah. Think this is, oh. That's how he keeps experiencing more and more of the memory. But I thought that was the last memory, him like catching up to himself. There are two instances of him eating brains after, like, after he started hanging out with Julie. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like they have to eat a whole lot in general. Yeah, or maybe he's abstaining because he wants mm. to be a better he wants to be a better zombie. <laughs> well, even Marcus isn't really eating a whole lot. They kind of shuffle around a whole bunch. Like I think their metabolism is much slower. They're dead. So, like they don't really need food to live. It's I guess they I guess they need it to live, but like they don't need food the way humans need it food. It seems all more day, of a primal day. compulsion. Like if there's a human in the area, they'll go after them. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, it's just meandering. Yeah. They're not growing anymore. They don't really need the food. But it's not really tackled in this movie because I don't think it's a surprise that R gets more and more human-like the the longer the movie goes on. Yeah. We'd never see him eating human food. No, well, he Which I'm very angry about. There's a fucking scene where he gets Julie like a fruit cup and she's like, oh my God, this is incredible. And Kim's just like, eat a cherry. (laughs) Go on, little zombie guy, eat a cherry. I just want, I wanted, so for, I wanted him to do it too early, like to eat it before he was human enough. And And vomit blood everywhere. I wanted him to projectile vomit on him. You wanted him to eat the chip? That's true romance. I mean, yeah, like it isn't until the end of the movie where he becomes full human. Like up until then, he's he's always mostly zombie, I guess. But yeah, the longer he the longer he stays and hangs out with Julian, like the more he experiences love, the more he remembers what it was to be human. He is becoming and sort of curing himself, and like that love, even just like them holding hands, is enough for Marcus to remember love in general that moment's really great too because it almost like it awakens all of the zombies in the area and there's like a level of respect and they're well they're also marcus having seen julie and r together it starts looking at advertising in the airport and he's just like considering it in a way that the other zombies are like what the fuck is this guy doing and then they all start to like see it as well like they remember humanity and like love is the unlock code for all of it i love that love is the cure for zombieism what a what an abstract concept yeah you know there's the only problem is it does have like the one dumb moment of the movie which was in the trailer and i truly thought was going to be such an annoying repetitive thing in the movie where you see their hearts like beat inside their chest and glow red okay so it's very it like happens once it's very grinch like and then their yeah. hearts grew three sizes <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's exactly what it was but it's there because the bonies turn on the zombies and they do it because they can hear a heartbeat yeah exactly because they're 
they're coming back to life. Uh-huh. So they're almost a food source now. Exactly. Which is what leads to the human corpse team up to the fight the uprising. fucking bony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Yeah, no, it's it's a cute movie, and we even get a makeover, makeover. We get a full it. makeover sequence. <laughs> I love it so much. You know what I also just love is that the supporting characters in this movie are actually friends. Nobody double crosses anybody. Everybody's super supportive. Yeah, Julie has a best friend, and she's her best friend like through and through. And she's fucking. She funny. holds her. <laughs> she holds her father at gunpoint for her. Yeah. Fucking R has a best friend who's a zombie who could eat his girlfriend, but instead gets a golf cart and saves the day. Yeah, exactly. And they all team up. My f- The best fucking part of this, whole, like one of the funniest little bits too of this whole movie is when uh, R comes back with Julie and, you know, like they the, the humans, like they've tried to talk to the humans. The humans do not give a fuck. They're like, you're a zombie. I'm not listening to this. I'm going to blow your goddamn brains out. And they're starting to get worried because there are, there's, there's recon that more and more corpses are forming this large group outside of the tower. And the bonies are right behind their skeletons. They're not calling them bonies. The skeletons are like right behind them and they're worried that there's some sort of like war that's about to be waged and there's no way they could win they're completely outnumbered and when r and julie get back to to marcus and all the rest of the zombies you're like okay guys i don't think the humans are gonna help us you know we 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 basically got a human army to the left of us we got skeletons to the right of us y'all ready to fight and the zombies are like (laughs) marcus translates for them goes they said fuck yeah <laughs> like goddamn one of the best parts and then yeah they all just like like gang warfare like this is west side story with zombies right like it's the same idea west side story is just romeo and juliet also you know like we've got warring factions we've got a romance that can't be done and we are all gonna fight in the end and there's a lot of really good needle drops in this <laughs> A, there's a lot of needle drops. I'll agree to that. You don't like them all? I don't. I like them all. The best needle drop gets yanked away from you. But it's before funny. The f- but it's funny. I don't love all the needle drops. Some, <laughs> some of the needle drops are just a little too... Okay, I'll say it. I don't like Guns N' Roses, okay? <laughs> like, that's just what I... I don't like Guns N' Roses, and I can't remember who the other one was. It was like a Bob Seger needle drop. And I was like, I don't care for this much but at all. But the zombies slow walking towards the climax of the movie with yes. like music blaring. Yeah, like Hurricane is playing by the Scorpions. I love it. There's also the Pretty Woman needle drop for the makeover makeover. Oh, I love it. Which <laughs> which even Julie was like, are you serious right now? Are you going to play this? And her best friend's like, what? It's hilarious. And then, of course, we have to go to, I don't remember who it is. Uh, some... Trendy 2013 music. Yeah, it's something from the Drive soundtrack. I can't remember who. R has essentially become human by the end of the movie. And the only way that we can convince Dad that he's human is that he bleeds blood. Like, Dad has to <laughs> shoot him in the chest and then see that he's bleeding and dying to be like, Oh my god. It's weird that this didn't end in tragedy. Yeah. I was expecting the entire time after he got shot for him to die. Yeah. And it be like the moment he's he's finally human and he's finally convinced. And that's that's how you know he's human is that he dies. Yeah. And that's how they break the wall down and then you know it's all tragic and sad like Romeo and Juliet is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but no. But no, it's, it's got a, a happy sweet ending. little happy ending. Would you have liked it more if it had a tragic yes. ending? Yes, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. And like, if he ate fruit cocktail and but, barfed in her face. But it's, but it's this whole movie. It's exactly the same, except it's a tragic ending. I don't think that fits. 
Yeah, it's tragedies it, forecast the tragedy. That's why Romeo and Juliet's so good. Like you know, it's ill fate. Yeah, but doesn't it start with these these wonderful delights have tragic ends or something? That's the first line. Oh, these violent delights have violent ends. Bam! That's a banger. It that, is a banger. That lays the groundwork. <laughs> no, I'm I'm agreeing with okay, you. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> I thought I'm, we were. I'm I giving we were you evidence. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I, I would not have wanted this to end in a tragedy unless it started as a tragedy. Like if it was the same, oh god, jelly whiz, I'm what? gonna, I'm gonna watch the, I, oh, I can't dream. But like, I don't know why we turned into Mickey Mouse. Boy, <laughs> but, but yeah, like if it was the exact same movie, but it ended with John Malkovich killing her boyfriend, that would have been a fucking bummer. Okay, so I'm sure it's this is a truth. This is a true statement. I'm saying. Okay, I haven't conferred with you before now, but I'm, I, I, I am just gonna start saying every wild ass thing I have to say with. I'm sure this. Is true. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm making a statement on behalf of us. Oh, that good. We definitely like Renfield more than we like Warm Bodies, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, see, it's a true statement. Okay. What is it about Renfield you think that we like more than Warm Bodies? Because they're very similar, like in terms of like Nicholas Holt being a monster, internal yeah. dialogue, narrator. Uh-huh. Where where is it more successful? Do you think? Is it just the story is stronger? Uh, well, I've given this a lot of thought. <laughs> <laughs> And I've got I've because got... you've said that you liked Renfield more than you liked Warm Bodies. I just really want you to back up why. I well, I just like in the eight seconds that it's been since you brought up this theory, I have pondered and I have scoured the earth and the desert of my mind, and I've come up with three simple words: Nicholas fucking Cage. Yeah, true. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, true. Also, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of this story, Julie hangs out with R in the beginning half for kind of no reason. Yeah, he's there like, oh, it's not yeah, safe. There aren't really any plot cogs forcing them to be together. They kind of both know that there's no reason for her to stay. But that's how you know it's love. Like, she knows there's no reason for her to be there, but she just wants to hang out. Like, she could just as easily leave. She does try to escape at one point. She, <laughs> she does try she to does escape. She does try to escape and almost dies, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I told you, it's not safe. No, I think I think it's the difference in how it approaches its relationships. Like, Warm Bodies is very much a young adult romance, mm-hmm. and Renfield deals with, like, the complicated, muddy adult problems of a bad relationship. It's way more violent. Uh, it's got an incredible uh, supporting uh, cast, including including um, Ben Schwartz, who's just like the dumbest <laughs> evil henchman ever. Uh, it's got way more horror references. It's super gory. It's way sillier. So it's more just age appropriate I think that's, for us I, as horror fans? That's probably it, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, it's squee versus... Yeah, this movie is very sick and kind twisted, and yeah. cute, yeah. surprisingly for a zombie movie. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's I don't know. Val- this I don't, movie I don't... doesn't even feel smelly. No, no. Isn't that strange? Despite the fact that all the zombies are like, is that that a 17-year-old girl? (laughs) Like, everybody's walking around sniffing fresh blood. But I think it's maybe an appropriate choice for Valentine's Day. Like, when I think of Valentine's Day, I don't think of adults celebrating Valentine's Day. I think of teenagers and kids handing out little cards at school. Like, Valentine's Day is much more of a... (laughs) Yeah, you remember those days. (laughs) And you had to make the little box. Yeah. (laughs) Valentine's Day is much more of a young adult activity. And, you He's know, just saying that because he doesn't get me anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. We went to see a like a live quartet thing. It was like the most romantic thing we've done in the 800 years we've been together. <laughs> yeah, it was great. We went to go listen to some... We went to the 
the planetarium to watch some, uh, a quartet play classical music and also music from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, and we went on a classy pre-dinner date and got grilled cheese. <laughs> at a brewery. Because we're adults. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that adds variety to the horror genre overall. Because sometimes you kind of do actually want feel-good horror. Yeah. As somebody who's kind of exclusively watches dark and dreary movies, mm-hmm. there are different shades in that. I find I often go to like a Tim Burton movie when I want something a little cheery. But those are... Those are kind of classified as dark fantasies or uh, dark family movies, but they all have a little bit of optimism in them. And and it's nice to have movies within the genre that you love that you can go to if, say, you know, you want to watch a romance. Yeah. This is what makes horror the greatest genre out there. If you want romance, if you want comedy, if you want over-the-top pretentious art like you can get all of that in horror like if you're the kind of person who doesn't watch horror movies and you want to watch a comedy or a drama you got to walk to different sections of the video store you know what i'm saying horror has so many different shades that any type of story that you want to tell can be told through horror or any type of story you want to see you can find in the horror section of whatever streaming service you're watching Mm -hmm. like Horror isn't just, we all know this. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here. Like, we are casually obsessed. Like, we, we don't just watch the gore hound movies. Like, we're not always in it for just blood and guts and, and like the most visceral fuck your life up kinds of movies. All the time. Yeah. We, we the, the Friday nights, absolutely give it to me, you know? But like, every once in a while, you want to watch a squee little fucking rom com. Like something. Valentine's. Like Valentine's. And we want to watch zombies find life again through love. How cute. You. Yeah. Honestly, I like this movie way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, same. Yeah. I had a lot more fun than I did. And and maybe that's just me clinging on to that younger version of myself that's like, romance. What is he going to find life through love? And he does. And, and I, you're like, I, oh, really I, enjoy- <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I, I was fully expect because I knew this is a movie that a lot of people do like. And I was fully just like, all right, well, you know, fuck it. Like, I think I might just get in front of this microphone and be like, sorry, guys, I thought it was trash, but it was a lot of fun. It had some good jokes. It was just, it just and surprising yeah. moments of zombie ingenuity. Yeah, no, like great twists in the zombie subgenre. I don't know why more people haven't taken that. Enough time's gone by. Just steal it. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I get their memories when I eat their brains. It's great. Love it. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to give it a three out of four. I'm also giving it a three out of four. Yeah. Fun. We'll definitely watch again next Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. And and there's a reason why it's kind of recommended a lot because it is a very easy watch. Like you could definitely watch this with people who aren't necessarily big on the horror genre. I think that was the target audience. Mm -hmm. Like I think they were like, okay, well, I mean, zombies are huge right now. But also, like, I think this is... It's got shade. It's this could be somebody's first horror movie. Yeah, it's a very commercial and universal horror movie. I don't know why I emphasized horror like that. Yeah, Uh, it was a this was a great date night movie in 2013. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But that's just what we thought of Warm Bodies. Let us know if you are a fan of romance horror, what other romance horrors you'd recommend, and if you just like this cute little movie. You can find us in our Discord community. That's where we hang out the most. That is at nofspodcast.com slash Discord, or you can tweet at us if you're still on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. 
We'll be back again next Thursday, closing out our Romzom double bill with Return of the Living Dead Part 3. But if you want more Nightmare, you can head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street or nofspodcast.com slash fiend club to enjoy hours of bonus content in exchange for supporting the show. You can find links for those bonus episodes in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast right now. But until next week, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. (laughs) 